and welcome in to Trust the Process Live. We are live and we do it the only way we can, which is the best way because we know that our way is the best way. And what I said is very confusing, but what, uh, what I'm trying to say is if you're not doing it like us, you're doing it wrong. Doing because wrong. This is really the only way to do it in this day and age because 2020 is pretty crazy. But I'll tell you what, we're crazier. As always, I am your host, James Hyden, here with my guys, the YG young gentleman himself. You heard this intro a bunch of times, but my man, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. My team had a bye this weekend, so like stress-free yeah. football is the, is the best football out there. You know who you get this week. I, I know. I'm ready for y'all. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're ready for y'all. Be a great show. Next week will be a great show. Football, and, and I'm, I'm ready to get y'all out of here. I'm feeling good. Don't go uh, on Monday. Many digits, some restricted to five. I give him many more than five, but the man who has digits in his name's Max Coolish. How are you? Can I cut you off? Because our title's wrong. It says we're live with Eagles pregame from Pino's Palais in Cherry Hill. <laughs> Well, there. Um, oh, that's inside the birds, isn't it? It is, it is, and that's me getting my job confused. And I'm going to change that right now. But uh, Max, tell us, uh, tell us how you're doing anyway. <laughs> I'm here to help. That's how I'm doing. I'm feeling good. We had we had 5 p.m. football today, which is always nice. Currently, uh, I just, literally just got 14-10 Steelers halfway through the third. So if you like good old-fashioned ground and pound defensive battle. Turn it on your other TV. Don't stop watching. Right. Well, that's embarrassing. I just had to go through a bunch of different things that the viewers got to see my desktop, and I don't really care. Josh Saffron, my guy, how are you? Oh, man. You know, still still waiting on the nickname. Would be doing a, a little bit better if I, I could get a nickname, but do I have to do something crazy or something like that? Like, there's do Normally, it comes from do something some you crazy. do. Do it, something it, crazy. It, it, does, I don't, it does. It, Max's came from the first show he was on, got five digits. Mine came from being like social media, like banned from. He was the only one that could work the banners. Like you got, I guess you got to do something. I, I feel like I look. I feel like I bring a lot to the table, but I need to do like what I, I need to break a table. I or something is, like I that. Like, Sam Fran. I don't know why, but Sam no, Fran. Veto. I mean, it's the only thing we got. That's the only thing we got. So it's like a take it or leave it kind of thing. Leave it, leave it. I'd rather Good have man. nothing than Good man. no deal, Howie. No deal. No deal. <laughs> no, but but you know how I'm feeling? I'm feeling vindicated. That's how there I'm feeling. Vindicated. Well, I mean, this we're might gonna... be this might be the show you get a nickname. This is this was your time to shine. This you know that. Right? Out this party. is your show. This is your coming out party. It might be, uh, but that's up to you. You know what I mean? It, it might be. It could be. It might not be. That's that's all up to my man Josh Saffron. But you said vindicated. And I might give you a chance for vindication, but we, we got to talk about this, man. It's uh, quote unquote the end of an era. And it kind of is, if we're being really honest, because this era seems to have lost all of its wagon wheels um, or its Wednesday yeah. wheels. And it might have had four. Now it has zero and it is stopped dead in the middle of Oregon Trail. And you guys are dangerously close to getting dysentery. Mm. Mm. Not good. Damn. Yeah, hey, we, you remember those days, Josh? You might be too young, uh, playing the uh, Oregon Trail on the iMac, but we'll, we'll, we'll breeze right past that into what is. I mean, the the story of the week really is no matter where you go across the NFL is Carson Wentz getting benched, and 
he got benched. And now we have some quarterback controversy. Controversy. Which always oh, oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. It just oh, I love it. It makes for good TV. And Josh, you know what I mean? You, you said you were vindicated. I'm going to come to you first with this, man. Two-part question. I'm going to come to you again later. What should the Eagles do with QB moving forward? And you, based on your past takes, I think, yeah, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but go for it anyway. I said it in week three. I said it 10 weeks ago. And, yes, I understand how that was. I understand how that was a little bit, you know, you might have looked at that as shock jock. You might have looked at that as 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 ratings chasing, call, calling for your quarterback's head in week three. But here we are 10 weeks later, and it's only gotten worse, fellas. And what do you know? What do you know? Now, now boys, Carson Wentz threw for what? 72 yards yesterday? 79 yards yesterday? Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what makes him worse? Woke up feeling dangerous. Yes, sir. And you know what was his most dangerous play of the game? Because half of those yards came from one play. A 41-yard pass to Dallas Goddard, who had no players within 20 yards from him. And even that throw was a broken, wobbling duck through the air. 41, 41 of his 79 yards came off of one play because a quarterback slipped on Dallas Goddard's route. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, we can talk. I'm an eye test guy, but I want to talk about numbers. Three points. That's how many the Eagles scored with Carson Wentz as their quarterback using Doug Peterson's script. And even that was a 52-yard field goal. You couldn't get them in the red zone. Jalen Hurts came in. We all watched the game. That team was different. But you know what the biggest thing from numbers that I took out of this game? What Jalen Hurts did when everything was going well. It was what Jalen Hurts did when things were going wrong. Because how many times do I have to hear about Carson Wentz and, oh, the offensive line, oh, the coaching, oh, it's the receivers. All right. Carson Wentz sacked yesterday four times for a loss of 27 yards. Jalen Hurts was sacked yesterday three times for a loss of four yards. Look at what Jalen Hurts did yesterday when the pocket collapsed. He made plays, and even when he got sacked, thank you, thank you. Because Carson Wentz, he never steps up in the pocket like the best quarterbacks do. When the pocket collapses on him, he hides. He looks like he wants to dig a hole on Lambeau Field and go on and just hide. He goes backwards. He knocked him out of field goal range on the second drop. For, and we'll talk about Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, all show pretty much. I wanted to get that stat out there because Carson Wentz is just abysmal. He makes problems worse. And Jalen Hurts' composure and his ability to make something out of the negative impressed me far more than any of his throws yesterday. Not true. I'm sorry. That Jalen Rager throw impressed me the most. But, we, we, you know, I want to hear it from you boys before I go anymore. Yeah, so, so JJ, bring me down before Max brings me back up. <laughs> I don't I – don't, if anyone on this show is going to try to bring you back up from what happened, and there, it's just delusion. That's just, that's just what we're working with as Eagles fans. But I, I do want to give Josh Safran, like, his flowers and his credit because in week three he called for this switch. He did. In week three, he called for this switch, and all three of us thought it was too early. I thought there, it could happen down the line. I thought, you know, it, it, hey, it's not unfeasible for it to happen. But for the call for it in week three, I thought it was ludicrous because we looked at such a bad NFC East, and I was like, no way the Eagles don't at least contend for this division, right? Like, look, look how bad it is. Why take Carson Wentz out now? And I think that's the reason why we now see Carson Wentz benched. And Jalen Hurts go in. I mean, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now you got Wentz on a bench. Because now this is what you got going forward 
to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think it finally happened because there was a collective thought of we need to move forward. I've been saying this for the past two or three weeks now that if the Eagles transition from trying to salvage this season to figure out how we can go, how we can get better moving forward, Jalen Hurts is, is your answer, is who you go to. So what should the Eagles do? Continue to start Jalen Hurts because you have to ask yourself a big question. I think the Carson Wentz era is over. I think him being the starting quarterback now, now is done. I, I do. I, I believe that. I mean, he's shown that his regression is, is not to be made up for. I think the, the, the regime of Howie, Doug, Carson is done. It's going to get blown up. Whatever combination of that gets blown up is yet to be seen. But that regime is done. Those three at the helm are done. And I think what the Eagles need to, to figure out moving forward is Jalen Hurts, our quarterback, going forward. Is Jalen Hurts our starting quarterback next year? Is Jalen Hurts our starting franchise quarterback moving forward? And you need these four games to see that. Four good opponents, so you're going to be able to see that. You're going to be able to see what he can bring to the table. But I need to know, is Jalen Hurts going to be our quarterback, or are we using our top our top first-round pick next year on a quarterback? Like that, That's what the Eagles need to be asking themselves. Is Jalen Hurts the guy who's going to take us forward? And so that's what the Eagles should do. And, and I look to a lot of things. You know, Josh, you pointed out a lot of specific things you saw in the game yesterday. I do the exact same thing, too. The touchdown pass that Jalen Hurts threw, he exhibited a lot that Carson Wentz does not exhibit. The pocket collapsed, and what did he do? He stayed poised. He climbed and then exited right. Something that Carson Wentz just can't do. Just under duress, can't, can't stay poised, can't climb and keep his head up down the field and find him and deliver a good on-target pass down the field in the end zone on the run. Jalen Hurts exhibited three or four things in one play that Carson Wentz hasn't been able to do now for a long time. And the reason why, Josh, I disagree with you in week three um, to bench Wentz, the bench, bench Wentz is because, like, you know, it, it may not have been figured out yet. But going into week 13, going into week 14, if you haven't figured it out now, you're not going to. The leash, the leash is done. There's no more, oh, he could figure it out. It, it, it's, it's done moving forward. And I do think there was also a little bit of Doug Peterson wanting to figure Carson Wentz out because I think Doug thinks his job is tied a lot to the success of Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like, I think Doug realizes that if Carson, if Carson goes down, this team tanks and then there goes my job. So I think Doug wanted to keep Carson on the field for as long as he possibly could to try to figure it out to try to salvage his job. And I think it just comes to a breaking point where a lot of people figure and realize like it's definitely not going to happen anymore. Definitely not this season. So it, it, it hurts our team. It behooves our team to try to keep him on the field. When do we spent a second round pick on a quarterback? So why, why keep that on the bench? Why keep that not being utilized? Like we, we got to at least throw it out there and see what we have in this second round pick. And they finally did that. So I think going forward, the Eagles have to make that decision. Is Jalen Hurts our quarterback moving forward? Because we have to see that. Because if not, we got to start figuring out next season and the season afterwards what we need to do to get this ship back up right. So, Max, Maximilian, coolish. What should the Eagles do? What should the Eagles do? Should. Should. So I just want to say, I also, I also kind of take a little bit of resentment to the fact that you think I'm here just to, you know, walk through and lift everybody's spirits up because – that's not that's not what I'm here to do. What? Um, I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles should start. I mean, it goes without question saying they should start Hurts, right? Like the, the move has been made. The season is dead in the war. The the Giants, I, the Giants are at five wins. There's there's basically no way that we can overtake them at this point with, yeah. with 
tiebreakers and and scheduling, you know, what you would presume would happen with scheduling, right? So like I've been saying, you know, we, we're talking about what we've been saying throughout the season. I've been adamant with the stance that they will not move on from Wentz until this season is dead in the water. And I think, I think the Giants winning at Seattle yesterday, I think that puts this season dead in the water for the Eagles. I really, oh, yeah. really, Good. truly do, especially with the fact that, you know, the Washington football team is on now and they're within striking distance of the Steelers. I don't necessarily think they'll win that game, but seeing the fact that, you know, they're hanging with the Steelers, you know, it can't be good for the Eagles. And then what would happen if the Cowboys were to beat the Ravens tomorrow? Then the Cowboys are seemingly, you know, unobtainably in reach for the Eagles to catch up to. So I think at this point, it, it, it has to be hurts, right? It has to be hurts. You have to see what this guy can do given, you know, full, full resources from the coaching staff and and you know full resources in terms of practice reps and and you know all those things that go into preparation for a game i will say this there's clearly no way like there's no there's no visible way from the outside to see how carson wentz isn't an eagle next year given cap situation and let's be honest who's gonna want who's gonna want him right who's gonna actively work with us to get him you think there's going to be people lining up I, to take I one think there's a market for Wentz. I, I, I don't, 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 don't me, confuse what I said. Don't confuse, don't confuse what I said. Don't confuse what I said. I didn't say Carson Wentz isn't a starting quarterback in this league. I just don't think he's for the Eagles anymore. He's not with Doug. He's not with Howie. He's not with this team. But Carson Wentz is better. It's still better than 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 some starting quarterbacks in the league. There's a job for him. There's there, there's okay. a job for him with the right. My, coach my point is, this, is that the place where there's a job for job. him? What what's that other team going to have to do in terms of matching his salary? A lot of teams just I'm, can't absorb. Look, I'm looking at I'm looking at a team like the Indianapolis Colts, who's got a who's got a I mean, and, and and his old saving grace, Frank Reich, is there. That that's that's who he had his success with. Frank Reich likes him. Okay, so that's well, a team logistics have to be worked out. But that's that's one example. That's maybe one this example. is me trying to trying to keep it you know reeled in. I I'm going to operate under the assumption that it's going to be too hard to 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 expect to move on from this maybe maybe frank wright comes in like you know what hell yeah i'm i'm a bad quarterback who i you know made look like a superstar three years ago away from winning the super bowl and he comes and gets wins but realistically i don't see oh there being you know huge demand for him so i'm going to say this i think i think the fairest thing that you can do is the eagles right assuming that you keep him here you, you tell him you, you tell him as soon as the season's done you say if you're still on this roster by training camp i will give you a fair shot at the quarterback spot at, at the starting QB job in a regular preseason next year. If you are unable to beat out a guy, it, that's the only thing. Why do it again? Why go through it again? Why go Max, through it again? Max, Max, why not just do that now though? You got four games. Because he lost the job this year. He lost the job this year. He's the job right. done this year. You're right. You're right. You're right. But, but why but why put yourself by you're just gonna start from square one again. Right. Why do that? Move forward, Max. This is what I've been trying to tell you. You got to, you got to confide in here. You got to say, but the you got to move on. You got to move on. Here I come, Max. You totally squandered the should section. This is the time to go big. This is the should section. Now, my should, my should is not with the Colts. My should is with the Jaguars, a lowly team with a bunch of cap space, with a guy named John DiFilippo. Carson Wentz needs hard coaching. John D. Filippo was his drill sergeant. Get him out of here. Go put him in Jacksonville. Because a lot of people aren't sold on Justin Fields. If they miss on Zach Wilson, so be it. But Jacksonville streams to me a team that wants to 
get a guy in there that they can not worry about and not waste draft capital and, and rather waste money because they have money to waste. Now the Eagles should do that and eat as little contract of that 60 million dead cap that they can. So eat only about $30 million. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I'm not going to lie here. I, I think you guys are being very, very wishful with this line of thinking. I think that is a huge it's act of another team to come and should. save you from this Wentz contract, honestly. It's the should category, Max. I'm letting it fly here. All right, that's that's fair. That's fair. I guess I guess I'm being too inside the box. No, but you're but you're hiding Max, Max, don't you're hiding your inability to move on from Carson Wentz and a no team is gonna want to take him. You gotta you gotta be willing to move on from him. Of course, we're willing to move on from him. He's been absolute trash this year. But I'm saying, I realistically don't. You want to give him? You want to give him a starting job next year? You want to give him a shot at the starting job next year? I say, there's no. Don't give him a shot at a starting job. He lost that. He lost that. Where I'm going to work is your guy, and if he's not your guy, you gotta go somebody. The second part of my should, and then we'll move on. The second part of my should is the Eagles should take this opportunity and the players I'm saying should take this opportunity to let Hertz start and encourage him and use this time to show that it's not just Carson Wentz. It's Doug Peterson's offense. It's Doug Peterson's game plan. It's Doug Peterson's attitude about the business. They should encourage that and they should show that it's not just a one so that Doug Peterson cannot keep his job. That is the ultimate end goal and i think you only get a half win because if the gm's involved me personally i think they should both go i don't see a, I, I don't see a, a situation where howie roseman is let go and doug peterson stays i see either uh, an all or none situation or how he stays and they get a new coach to work with hurt they should take this opportunity to show that it is not not just carson wentz uh wentz's fault because let's be honest once, uh, once Green Bay stopped playing prevent defense and actually stood up on the line and put a little heat on him, and the covers actually or the corners actually played a little bit press, Hurts didn't look. Hurts yeah. looked like Hurts looked like a rookie. He looked like a, he looked like a rookie quarterback playing his first game. To expose Doug Peterson um, and get him out of here because um, while they make great content, his uh, his snappy reports and, and his attitude towards the general media in in, in general is getting very old for my taste. Now, that was our should category. Now, Josh, I'm going to come back to you with what will the Eagles do? Now, this is the million-dollar question. What will the Eagles do? I don't think y'all are going to like what I got to say about what I think the Eagles will do. Because I think Carson Wentz has not played his last game this year for all the reasons that right. we were just discussing. You're right. Now, I don't think you're wrong. This is, this is what I thought about it earlier, boys. You go to Costco. Are you going to buy the food? Well, I mean, what's the part about going to Costco? First of all, the samples. You go to Costco for the samples. Are you going to buy the food? What are you more likely to buy? The food with the sample or the food without the sample? Now, you can make the case that you've got a good enough sample of Carson Wentz. Sure, sure. But what I'm saying is I think the Eagles are terrified right now of being stuck with that, with that salary. They'd want to be able to get rid of them. So you've got – I think that the Eagles might be looking at these last four games saying, hmm, do we have to trot Carson Wentz out there and see and hope maybe, just maybe, he can string together one good performance so we can knock on Frank Reich's door, we can knock on the Colts' door and say, hey – your coach wants this guy. Look, he can still do it. He's got flashes. He's a little bit hurt still, but he can still do it. I am so concerned that the Eagles are so tied to this Carson Wentz ship 
that they're still trying to give out Carson Wentz samples to the other teams in the league. And I don't think Carson Wentz, I think he's going to play again. I really think he's going to play again this if season. It's anything, if it's anything like the, the Doritos and guac dip that they got at Costco, I'm, I'm coming back around. I'm coming well, back around. I mean, look, how many times this sample at Costco is always better at Costco than it is when it's in your house, That's all true. right? So, so I'm thinking maybe if they just give Carson a few little samples, say, hey, look, look, he made this throw. Look, he did this. He's He might be a little bit banged up, but Frank Reich, you can take him. You work with him the best, John D. Filippo. You know what you're working with. He's still got it. That's what I think they're going to do because I want I want it to be Hurts. I want them to say, here, Hurts, it's your team now. But from the business side of things, that giving the reins to Hurts, I think, puts you in the worst position to move Carson Wentz's contract. And I think right now it, it just seems like moving Carson Wentz's contract should be priority number one. And I don't think they're going to be able to move him if he sits on the bench for the next for 60 minutes of the next four football games. I don't want that to happen, but I think he will play for that I, reason. I think John, John. Because the QB controversy, it controversy is in all aspects, even in our comments section right now. James Alexander thinks Jalen Hurts should remain the starter until further notice. And then longtime listener Roberta Batts, benching Wentz, is not the solution. It, it reaches, it's far and deep here. And uh, if you've ever listened to a few radio stations that are quite popular in the Philadelphia area, you're going to hear people talking about the exact same thing. But JJ, man, what will the Eagles do? Josh, I gotta, I gotta disagree with you. And Roberta, I'm sorry, but, but benching, benching Wentz, that's a mouthful, by the way, benching Wentz is, is, is what the Eagles are going to do moving forward. Keep him on the bench because Josh, you said priority number one, is going to be getting that Wentz contract out. I don't. I think priority number one for two people is keeping their job. That's Howie Roseman. That's Doug Peterson. You got one yeah. Howie Roseman who drafted a quarterback in the second round. You got to validate that at some point. You got to make. You got to. You got to show people that that wasn't just a, a real stupid move at some point. And I think Howie at one point in this season wanted to display his second round draft purchase. You got. You got to right. Like as the GM, you have to. You have to validate and make sure that you know. People know that that wasn't a bad move. Make sure you prove yourself right. Well, and Doug Peterson is trying to save trying to save his job. And we all know it's come clear that Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz are not on the same page right now. Yeah. And it seems that Doug Peterson is calling a game plan that doesn't fit Carson Wentz. And instead of Doug Peterson saying, hey, you know, I got to change my game plan to fit the quarterback, he's saying that quarterback isn't fitting my game plan. That quarterback well, isn't executing my game plan the way he should be. So I think both of them want to get Jalen Hurts on the field and they want Jalen Hurts to shine. They want Jalen Hurts to look good. They want Jalen Hurts to play good. They want Jalen Hurts to make Philadelphia move on from Carson Wentz and invest in him because how he drafted him and Doug is designing offense for him. And it's but not JJ, I would say Wentz. But I would say how he drafted Carson Wentz, how he traded up to get Carson Wentz, and how he made True. the commitment to Carson Wentz. True. To me, but, but how he was like a lose lose. But how he also watched Carson Wentz get injured, not return the same way, and how he also watched Carson Wentz struggle for majority eighty percent of last year, and how he made the decision to draft Jalen Hurts too. So how he made a decision for some reason. It's but JJ, we talk about it. It's a business. Jalen Hurts is a four million, five million dollar guy. Carson Wentz is a twenty nine, thirty million dollar guy. Then why you draft him, Josh? Then why do you draft him in the second round? Why do you do it? If he never put him in there. I'm saying the number one priority is moving on, is, is, is figuring out that contract. Forget about football. 
They're, I think they, they're trying to figure out that contract now, and they want to Before put themselves you in the best out that contract, You got to make sure you're around next season to figure out that contract. Right now, priority number one, make Jalen Hurts successful. And I don't think there's anything how we can do. do that. You got to start investing. Then in the offseason, then you figure out, well, what the hell are we going to do with this Carson Wentz contract? But you got to make sure you're still employed by the Philadelphia Eagles to figure out that contract. If you're Doug Peterson, you got to make sure you're employed by the Philadelphia Eagles to figure out what you're going to do, which quarterback you're going to put on the field. So those last four games are about that. And, and so me, starting, starting Jalen Hurts. So JJ, you you had it, you had him. You you were right there, and you took the slightest the slightest turn before you really had it nailed fully, right? So you're 100 right that Jalen Hurts is going to start to try and save jobs, right? More so in particular, one job, because I don't think at this point. I don't think at this point there's any way for Howie Roseman to keep his job. I think, I think that between all of our prime time games and our non prime time, like in prime time games, they actively talk about these kind of things in front of everybody. You don't want to be publicly embarrassed, kind of like how he was when he kind of got side demoted for Chip and all that thing, right? So how you know we know how he is is kind of you know ego you know egotistical, right? On the other hand, you know you guys can can call me whatever you want, but you can't call me anything but consistent with this take. Doug Peterson has consistently coached above this team's talent level for the last couple of years. And I think that is going to earn him enough, you know, enough slack to potentially survive the season. The only way that he can do that is by making Jalen Hurts look because at this point he has realized the Wentz wagon is busted down. It's in flames. It's exploded. It's done. It's done. There's no way that he can save his job trotting Wentz out there for the last four years. He's consistently coached above this team's talent. I think so. I, I mean, you're wrong, but you can think that. Um, I'm wrong. You, you think the Eagles were nine and seventeen talent-wise last year? Um, compared to the division, I, 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 I got you think the Eagles were a nine and seven football team last year, talent-wise. I, I, I would say yes, and I think they're definitely there's there's more talent on this roster than three wins. Um, now that's not to say there's not a, a dearth of talent. Obviously, like the the line, I've been screaming about the linebacking core for. Since Jeremiah Trotter retired, uh, it seems, but it's it's like this is not a three-win football team, especially in this division. Like, tell me I'm wrong. And, no, and, and they got to nine and seven on the on the back of Carson Wentz in those five games last year. That's exactly those those ladders. Back of Carson Wentz, not the coaching of Doug Peterson. The back of Carson Wentz. Mm, I would disagree. I would say Doug Peterson did a lot with the pieces that he was handed. He was making Greg. He was making Greg Warden do a legit six catch, seven catch slot receiver per game. Boston Scott was running. You know, he's obviously never going to be an all one, but he was running like a good change of pace back. I definitely think Doug Peterson has coached above talent level last year, and I also think that you can't take anything away from a guy who has won. Four playoff games with a backup quarterback. I'm sorry that not basically no coaches can claim that. And I know that's in the past, but those are still accolades of his that he can claim. It doesn't matter when they have. You know who? You know who Matt, Matt, what we gotta do? What we gotta do? Matt Nagy can also claim that. And if Move you're comparing Peterson to Matt, a backup. Yeah. Nichols and Chase and Chase Daniel. Like it's it's yes. But he didn't win playoff games with them. I'm saying Doug Peterson has won playoff games with the back. Look, I'm not saying that Doug Peterson is immune to criticism. I'm not saying that he's not a big part of the problems for this year. All I'm saying is that comparatively to Howie Roseman and Carson Wentz, he has performed well above his expectations during their three tenures together compared to the other two. And I think that's enough for him to salvage one more year on the job because he's been he's the most successful coach in franchise history. He, I, I just I think, you know, 
doing I get you doing that because what will they do? I just want you to sound like you don't want it to happen. Like I want you to realize I want you to sound like you don't like that option. Look, I'm not in love with it, but I'm saying that I can see the actual merit in it as opposed to totally cleaning house and and you know, building from scratch. My worst fear as a football fan is to be on the two to three year life cycle of the big three rotating consistently. GM, QB, yeah. and head coach. I don't want to be the Lions or the Jags or the Browns or whoever the hell else has been stuck in the toilet for the last 25 years. Yeah, the Eagles only had one Super Bowl in franchise history, but thank God they got you know a plethora of division titles and winning seasons in there as well. You know, I'm as an Eagles fan, I might not be used to winning at all, but I'm damn sure not used to being a top five pick every yeah. year. And that's the kind of territory you put yourself in when you willingly, you know, just let it loose and you let go of guys who have shown something. Look, I, I want to be clear on this. Doug Peterson has been a dumpster fire of a coach this year. He has been terrible. Carson Wentz has been terrible. A lot of things about the Eagles have been terrible. But if you look back over the timeline from the day Doug Peterson was hired until right now, comparatively to Howie but, Roseman and Carson Max, Wentz, he is easily the best case to stick around. But Max, you're, you're the one who pointed this out weeks ago. There's been a regression. Has there not been a regression mainly year after year, especially on the back of Carson Wentz? It's, it's in, the, not, in the drafting of Howie Roseman, there's been a regression. So, yes, you can hold on to what they've done, but are you going to ignore the pattern that they're showing that they're exhibiting now of declining on a year-to-year basis? Look, my whole point is this. My point is that Jalen Hurts can only save one job at this point in Philadelphia, and it's Doug. <laughs> the only way Doug can save his job is by making Jalen Hurts look good and give himself a platform to say, hey, look, you see what I did in the last month or last season? I went two and two with this kid. You give me a full offseason, you give me time to prepare, I think that Doug is able to swing that. I don't think Howie has a way to swing anything to Jeff Lurie at this point, being like, hey, look, what about that? One quarterback where I took, and then what about that other quarterback that I took? What about those guys? He's I got else That's a better way to nothing. phrase it. No, no, no. That's a better way to phrase it. But, and, but you, but you acting like Doug Peterson should be somewhat immune to getting fired because he's done stuff in the past. That's that's a bad way to phrase it. But you're right. I think Jalen Hurts could save one job, and if there's one job to save, it's going to be Doug. So I just have a quick closing right. remark. Just a quick closing remark on the matter, and, and that's it for me. Where if, if slash when Doug Peterson gets fired, wherever he goes, I think we'll have a whirlwind of a change and be better off. And I know I don't have many agreeers here. That's how I feel. I don't disagree with you, but I, I mean, you want to wish your ex, you want to wish your ex better in their next relationship. That's fine. I mean, no one's going to know how the breakup goes. Uh, you guys, you guys ended on good terms. That's fine. Like, no but, one's gonna but that is, Josh, I, I don't disagree with you, but Doug Peterson to me now has become one of those head coaches that have a shelf life. And I don't mean he's going to be the Jeff, the next Jeff Fisher, but Jeff Fisher had a shelf life for the team. Um, he, he, he became a coach with a shelf life. His, his attitude, his demeanor, his whole philosophy about football has gotten old. He has lost the players. I agree with that. He's not going to get them back because no matter who steps into that, he can't get them back. He can't get them back. Because there's players like Alton Jeffrey, who is now a quote-unquote mentor to guys like Jalen Rager, which if you're a same person with a, a, a brain in your head, that should have been a red flag to you as soon as that report came out that that's not good. That's not good going forward. That's not good for right now. Um, so it's, it's to me, sure, they might have immediate success. But again, in another five, six years, you're going to get right back to the same point. As the Eagles are right now with Doug Peterson making uh, snappy comments to people about how he knows the game so well, even though the man was a backup quarterback, and uh, claims to call the game through a quarterback's eyes. Now, my retort clearly: that, yes, that quarterback may be on the sidelines, though. So, ooh, ooh, 
Yeah, I can't agree with that, though, because any quarterback on the sideline would know we need to run the ball more often this year. Oh, well, that's true. So, <laughs> many levels of, as to why that argument completely falls through the toilet that is in the basement of the Lincoln Financial Field right now. Um, we actually did a really good job right there, fellas, of covering the next two topics. We really did. We almost covered them all. In, in our, our long-winded debates right there. So, obviously, you know our opinions on uh, whether or not the, the Hertz pick should get a little bit of slack. Um, and if Doug Peterson is on the hot seat, quick answer, yes, because stay with me now. He has been... Shaky, baby. Ooh, ooh, even more. He's been wobbly. He been, the bridge is falling. It's more than shaky. Um, so with that, we're gonna move on to obviously my favorite section. Oh, hey, you got before, 30. Before let me let me get a 30. I need oh yes, let me I need a 30 real quick. I need a 30. Okay. I want I want to address the, the reports that came out even before the game. Um, that, that I heard Doug Peterson make him encouraging Carson Wentz to stand up publicly in front of everybody and take accountability and, and, and you know, really urging his quarterback to do so. Max, I made the same face. I made the same exact face because who's encouraging Doug to stand up and take accountability? Uh, who's was, encouraging, he told Howie to go back upstairs. Like, like, like who's, who, who's making Doug stand up, stand up on the throne and get rocks thrown at him. You're going to make your quarterback the fall guy when clearly you're doing just as bad of a job. And so, you know, I'm watching my own head coach in Tampa Bay kind of do the same thing with making the quarterback the fall guy instead of realizing that, hey, I'm the head coach. So when things go wrong in special teams, when things go wrong on defense, when things go wrong in the locker room, that's not Carson's fault. That's my fault. When my team's not showing effort, that's not Carson's fault. That's my fault. So for him to to almost – you know, put Carson Wentz on this mantle and tell everyone and, and tell him to look out on the crowd of millions of Eagles fans and, tell, and go tell him, tell him how it's your fault. Go ahead and stand up there and say it's your fault without taking any accountability. Kind of, kind of shows Banners and, and James the 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 point that you were making of his snappy comments, his arrogance, his unwillingness to look himself in the mirror and say, yeah, it's my fault too. Carson's not playing well, but it's my fault too. And where's the protection? You, you see, he, he's been willing to say this year has been a lot on Carson mentally. You know, he's had to he's had to endure things from fans, from the media, from people in his locker room, and it's taking his toll on him. So where's the protection from your once MVP candidate quarterback? From Brad where, where, where's, where Where's the protection for that? Where's the coming to his aid? Where's the, hey, don't put it all on him because as a head coach, I got to be better too. No, he said, Carson, go up there and take your lumps. Go, go up there and get pelted at. Because it's not my fault. So when I see that from Doug Peterson, he's giving up on Carson Wentz. And he's he's trying to show that, hey, look, Carson's taking accountability, so it's not my fault. We see so many people on this Eagles team willing to take accountability. Darius Slay had to line up against three of the best receivers in the NFL on consecutive weeks. And even he is taking accountability when really he's probably one of the very few people who can who probably has the liberty of being able to sit back and be like, damn, look how y'all playing. But even he, even he is taking accountability. But for Doug to not take any and to force Carson to take it all just shows where this team is headed. And I think that's just a goofy and terrible move on Doug Peterson's part. That was my 30. I needed to get that out. I needed to get that out. That goes out. Well said my should in terms of exposing that it's not just um uh just Wentz and and not letting Doug say hey it's Wentz not my offense um so we, we'll, 
we'll see. There's still some games to be played. I'm not sure if you're going to get anything out of that. Um, if you do, you might not like what you get. Right. Um, so we'll see. The Eagles have – week 13 is, is about to end with uh, three more games this week. One that's being played right now, one coming up in a little bit, and one uh, – Tomorrow? Are we doing tomorrow? tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow 5.30 or something? Tomorrow 5, yep. We're doing five, five, 30, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that. We're doing Tuesday. What is, what is this year? Why the heck not? It's 2020. You get a, you get a football game on Tuesday. You get a Love it. Game on Wednesday. You get Thursday night football. <laughs> get them every day. I, I feel like open. Um, but we're going to move on to my favorite segment, winners and losers. Now, Maximilian, I'm going to come to you first. Man of five digits. Give me – your biggest winner of week 13. Um, I kind of already alluded to this, and I'm sorry if one of you guys had this lined up, but it's got to be the New York football giants. Go I mean, get them. Go get them. I've, I've said this about the Eagles at some point this year, but the Giants have officially taken the crown of most impressive win by an NFC East team this season. Yep. Um, going to Seattle as 10.5-point dogs with a backup QB and coming out of there with an outright W is, is impressive. That defense is – has really come together over the last month. And um, I don't want to say that people would be afraid to play the Giants, but I will say that people would be afraid to play the Giants' defense. It's getting it's getting close to that point. People, people would be wrong to overlook the Giants. They might not be afraid yeah. to play them, but you'd be wrong to overlook them. Well said. That, that, defense, that defense is legit. Um there, there are rumors coming out of Seattle that that you know they want to run the ball more anyway because because Russ and Lockett are dealing with injuries and there's reports that Russ and Metcalf are dealing with injuries and there's reports that it's just Lockett and, and you know Metcalf's fine whatever it is there's some smoke around the Seattle offense and when there's smoke there's fire there's a reason they were trying to give the ball to Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde so much this past week and it just didn't work out it's it's you know conversely maybe Seattle is is just you know the bigger loser of the week but. Hats off to the Giants, man. Um, hoping they get steamrolled in the first round of the playoffs so I can laugh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, any game against the Giants is now officially – hey, They're officially a trap game on anybody's schedule. So, John, yes, Safran, you're well, a winner of week Well, 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 well. Maximilian, you did steal my winner of the week, but no worries. Sorry. No, you're good. I, guess I just want to have a quick shout-out to future Hall of Fame coach Jason Garrett. Cowboys must be feeling really dumb right about now. Uh, anyway. Uh, my winner of the week, my new winner of the week, is actually going to be one Justin Fields because for a quick, quick second, it looked like Justin Fields was going to be a New York football jet. And, oh, did Justin Fields dodge a bullet this weekend. And I've been giving it a lot of thought and a little, little tongue-in-cheek here, but why doesn't Trevor Lawrence just stay at Clemson? I mean, come on. The guy gets to win another championship. Doesn't have to be part of the real world for another year. Oh, he's gonna get Monday. it. No, 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 no. Because what happens? Back to Clemson, and God forbid you have a bad get injured. You got you got millions of dollars staring you in the face. There's another side to that argument, though, with the NFL cap going down. At least that's true. That's true. Next year, there's a very compelling argument. To stick around and wait until that bonus money goes back up. and uh, also, and- also, Justin Fields isn't going to be a Jet. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jet. Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick whenever he comes out. There was that uh, rivalry what- Jets and the Jaguars till yesterday. That's True. why Justin Fields was my winner because it was getting close. It was looking like he might be a Jet. The Jets might have just gotten slotted into that second pick, but he got lucky. He got lucky, but I digress. JJ. JJ, your winner. My winner. Y'all ready for it? Because it's here. The Cleveland Browns, baby, 
the Cleveland Browns. It's it's time. It's time. I put a poll out on social media earlier in the week before they played. I said, when do we start taking the Browns seriously? The options were now, 10-plus wins, 12-plus wins, or never because they're the Browns. And after that performance, after they held on at the end, but after taking a 20-point lead to the Tennessee Titans, shutting down Derrick Henry, go, Baker Mayfield, tossing four-plus touchdowns, like the, the, the Browns look legit. It's time to, to accept the fact that the Browns are a legit football team. If you if you don't if if you want to still doubt them just because of the stigma around Cleveland Browns, that's fine. But you don't get to nine and three on accident. People want to talk about their light schedule. They haven't won any real games. The bad teams they were barely winning. Whatever they re, they beat one of the best teams of the AFC now. So they went and beat them. And if it wasn't for an undefeated team, nine and three pretty much puts you number one in your division in any other division in football. It pretty much does. They're unlucky with dealing with a Pittsburgh Steelers team who's hitting on all fronts. The Cleveland Browns are a very legit football team, and we're seeing that even without one of their best and most talented players in OBJ. Kevin Stefanski has done a hell of a job. Baker Mayfield has really humbled himself to not being the I-can-do-no-wrong Baker to, look, I got to play better on a week basis. Like the, the Browns are here. The Browns are legit. And I think they should be the winner of week 13. The Browns are a legit football team. I'm I'm on that bandwagon now. I had to wait and see something. I saw something. Go ahead, Cleveland. Well, uh, you, you would be the Cleveland Browns would be the winner of the week for me if it wasn't for a young man named Justin Jefferson. Oh, you Justin love it. Jefferson with uh, with Herbert laying an egg yesterday has become he should have become the clear yeah for offensive rookie of the year the young man has become the only second wide receiver in vikings franchise history to pass the center uh yeah century mark uh and the only other man i think you all is uh Robbie to be in the same conversation as as friggin moss is absolutely incredible um the, the kid He's uh, top three coming into today in receiving yards um, in the league, uh, outpacing the guy he his pick was traded for, uh, Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. So now it's, I mean, the kid's special. He 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 is special already, um, and uh, it's going to be fun to see where his career trajectory takes him because the, he he works with he works for it. He plays. With a chip on his shoulder, um, with those four receivers that were taken ahead of him, and uh, I, I, I want to see where this young man can go because to be in the same conversation, uh, the only three, the last three wide receivers to do it um, were Randy Moss, Anquan Bolden, and Odell Beckham Jr. To to be in the conversation with those guys already and still have three games to play, or still have. Uh, a couple games to play with only 300 yards behind the rookie se- or the rookie season uh, yardage total. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, if he breaks Odell Beckham's uh, yard record, I, I don't know what else anybody needs to see, uh, needs to see to call him a top five receiver in the game already. So Justin Jefferson, go ahead, young man, keep doing that gritty. Uh, Matt, Matt, Max, go ahead and go ahead and tell me Jalen Rager was the right pick time. again. Thank you. I'm not taking questions at this time. Uh, no, 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 you can't. Go ahead and tell me it again. Go ahead and tell me it again. That Jalen Rager was the right pick. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> All right. That's about right, Max. That was probably the best. Uh, <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. We're gonna Yo, someone have my internet just cut out for a second. Validation. Validation. So that being said, we're going to move into our losers of week 13. 
Max, I'm going to come back to you, man. Who who is the uh, who's the biggest loser? Oh, I hate the Chicago Bears. I hate them so much. <laughs> I hate them so much. I hate the Chicago Bears right now. All they needed to do was win. All they needed to do was win. I was smart enough to say, you know what? I can't trust the Bears to cover three points, but they'll win this game. No problem. The Lions stink. They still have Kenny Galladay. It's at home. Mitchell Trubisky plays good against one team in the league on a consistent basis. One team in the league on a consistent basis, and it's the Lions. And what did they do? They were up 30-20 to 20 with three and a half minutes to go. They let up a long touchdown drive. And on their very first play, very next play from scrimmage offensively, strip sack fumble at the 15-yard line. Lions take an easy touchdown and win the game without any issue. So, yes, I am pissed off from a personal standpoint. But there is no way that when you are grasping for your playoff life and you have a give-me win – over a bad team with a brand new coach and without their best player on either side of the ball, I don't give a damn who you are. You need to win that game, and you certainly can't lose it by blowing one of the worst blown leads. Like, that was Falcons-esque. The Falcons were like, holy shit, is that what we look like? Every yeah, game? right, 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 right. That's right. what the Falcons were doing. And that's what the Bears did. So the Bears suck. I hate them. I hate them even more so than usual right now. Uh, the Bears suck, and I'm. Is I'm, there any? Is there any? Is there any credit or praise due to Matt Stafford pulling out another comfort behind victory? No, he no, does this. No. no? Okay. That was a question. He does this though. He Darryl, does this though. Bevel, the man, the myth, the legend who took over for Matt Patricia. Daryl Bevel doesn't get enough credit in this league. I'm completely joking. All the credit goes to Matt Stafford. Josh Stafford, your biggest loser of the week, man. Oh, man. I, Max, I just wanted to say that I am with you. That also hit me on a personal level. The Bears, gosh, that, but you know, that's probably our fault in the first place. Moving on, my loser of the week is, is who, who, if Bill O'Brien didn't exist, the clown of our show, the clown of the country, if he didn't exist, this loser might be like the loser of the last 10 years. It's Greg Williams. Don't, and, and that, don't say that name. 2009 is still in my brain. So, just call him he who shall not he be. He had to do that on purpose, right? He had to do that on purpose, right? I do. Well, that's what I thought until we all woke up today and Greg Williams had been fired. Now, my thing now, how on earth will Greg Williams ever get a job again? Not in football. Not even in football. How is he going to get a job again? Like, let's look at this guy's resume just, just from this year. Let's just shrink things down into this year and say, all right, I was a defensive coordinator for an NFL football team. That's awesome. I was on defensive coordinator for a team that didn't win one game. Oh, the no. head coach? Head coach? No, he still has his job. Apparently, whatever the head coach was doing that was responsible for an 0-12 wasn't bad enough to lose his job. But you, you, you're, it looks like you're going to win a game. You decide to do a cover zero blitz, which, by the way, I had been thinking about it after watching a few successful Hail Marys earlier. Like, why, why don't teams just blitz? Like, come on, why don't teams just That's blitz? That's why. That's why. That's why you don't blitz. That's why. The fact – that he blitzed, lost that game 100% because he blitzed. Third of all, it wasn't on purpose because I genuinely thought it might have been on purpose. Clearly it wasn't because he lost his job. I would be shocked if Ace, the place's helpful hardware folks, would be willing to have Greg freaking mm, Williams as their that, that, Like, that is the losingest loser thing to do of all time. I, I can't believe it. I've said it. I'm sorry. It's uh, hold, really quick, I got to say this. Major, major galaxy brain spin zone. Maybe he personally did this just to get an extra month head start on looking for a new job in the NFL. Maybe, like, maybe he was. couldn't. Maybe he couldn't do it anymore. Like, maybe he was like, "Dog, I, I, I hate coaching this team. I hate it." So he I, I did this game. He saw an out. Like, he finally found an out. And was like, "Hey, guys, yeah. let's." Let they me can't keep me after this. Yeah, they can't keep me after. I'm, 
Adam Gase. Adam Gase has intel on the New York Jets, probably that yeah. that would reveal nuclear launch codes. He has his job. It's the only way he starts his job. Whatever Adam Gase has on the New York Jets would reveal nuclear launch codes. That's the only. That's my only explanation. What's power to him? JJ, biggest loser. Same. Um, Max, you kind of alluded to your biggest winner, but it's got to be the Seattle Seahawks, man. I mean, for the last two weeks, they've been looking. I mean, shaky, baby. I mean, they didn't even look that good against the Eagles. It's just the Eagles, so they won. I mean, it was fourteen to nine. It was an ugly game. They they throw up another dud against another NFC East team. And it's, you know, it, it's the the Russell Wilson MVP chatter is just completely gone now. The, the they, they they were trying to let Russ cook until he started burning the food. Now they're, they're, they're trying to force feed the ball to these running backs. Clearly, it's not working. Their defense hasn't stepped up. They let Colt McCoy get a win. Colt McCoy. That's a legend. I haven't this, heard this, of this Colt McCoy has had two starts in his NFL career before this, his first start of the season, and he beats – to one of the NFC contenders? No, not not a team without Daniel Jones or Saquon. No, no, not at home. No, I no. dude, I cursed the hell out of the Seahawks. No, ever, ever since our midseason awards, where 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 I was a big proponent, they just. And I can't wait to go back to that because I had Pat Mahomes as my MVP. It's looking good now. It's looking it's looking good now because because that's 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 as shaky as it gets. And now yeah. you, lose, you lose the 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 division lead. The Rams now have the division out of nowhere. The Rams now have the division lead, and just like that's just two that's just two ugly games, man. That's two real ugly games that you just put together. The Eagles, the Eagles are calling up the Giants this week and hitting up hitting them with one of those uh like uh oh we loosen them up for you. Don't worry, yeah, like. Um, they, you you filled the score you filled a score twenty points back to back on two NFC East teams really That's you eight. put up fourteen twice really you put up twenty three it is what it is but my loser my loser is going to be a little bit different and my loser is going to be my own take um, now my own take was uh, before the season that Sean McVay had been figured out I was wrong. Ah. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I'll admit it. Uh, I'm on tape and I, I'm owning up to it. Um, and all big man. About that is I really, really think that the Rams are going to shock some people. Um, this, this, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a good football team all the way around. Um, this is like their, I think at least their third straight time beating the Cardinals. Um, the 49ers, I think. This have, is like their seventh straight time beating the Cardinals. They haven't lost to the Cardinals. Yeah. In like literally yeah. I think took over. And- the Seahawks are again, like we've said, shaky baby, and the, the San Francisco Giants, uh, no, San Francisco, uh, San Francisco 49ers literally had to pick up and go move in with the <laughs> to someone else's stadium. Yeah, like, they they now have to shuttle all of their people from their own personal hospital in San Francisco to their no their their new personal hospital in Arizona. Like it's it's their. It's on IR and, and they're in a new place. It's like I. That 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 division went from being the best in football to having some questions, and the Rams have uh, they've broken through. Um, and it's I think the Rams are going to I, I think the Rams are going to shock some people coming up. Um, so uh, be beware of the, the L.A. Rams. I just I just if a team is led by Jared Goofy, I can't mm-hmm. do it. I can't do it. Bears well, let me in there with you. He's let already been to one Super Bowl. I think right now, like I don't want to curse them. I, you know, I really hope that my streak can break here. But 
who's who's beating the Rams in the NFC? Anyone? I I now listen because I've been le- I was leading the Packers, Saints. What? Who's beating yeah. the Rams? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone what? legitimate? That's the Rams what? are the, not the, legitimate. The I guarantee you, the Rams would beat the Packers in the playoffs. Guarantee. No. Give me, give me, give the Bucks another shot at the Rams. We don't lose twice. Give me another shot at the Rams. I'm not losing again. That's fair. Give me another shot at the Rams. There's, I think the Packers are easily the Rams' best matchup. There's, there's a team in the, that wears purple. Can't stop the run worth a damn. There's, there's a team in the Midwest that wears purple and gold that is hot. Um, don't wanna. Oh, oh, men are, uh, men, men are talking. Men are. Oh, that, was, that was a joke. I get <laughs> off to the Cowboys. Don't <laughs> hey, you beat the Jags. Win's a win, baby. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I'm not. You're you're right, but I'm also wrong. They're not not they're not mutually exclusive. Um, so even, even if Dalvin Cook got stopped twice from the one in overtime before he just decided to go with the field goal and play it safe, because I mean they tried to get in there because Dan Bailey can't uh, can't make a field goal to save his life. And again, another reason why I just want to take all kickers, bundle them up, and shoot them into the sun. <laughs> but I, the players team may or may not have a problem with that. I don't. It's D Smith. Come come talk to me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? We'll see. That's it for winners and looters, losers, uh, losers. I'm move on to something that's called something, nothing, or everything. And what I'm going to do is guys a statement and you're going to tell me whether it is something, nothing, or everything. Cool. Cool. Love it. Let's do it. We are going into the first one and we talked about it a little bit earlier. JJ brought this up, man. Big game slay has turned into just big names play. He's coming off three not great games. And like he said, granted, those games were against three of the better receivers in the league. But we got to talk about it. Um, so, JJ, I'm going to come to you first, man. Something, nothing, or everything. Go, go. I think it's something. Um, I don't think it's everything. But I, I do think there's something there. Um, but I, I heard – uh, I got to give my, my credit to to Sean Bell, one of the hosts of, of 94.1, a friend of the programs. He he made a very salient point. He said, he said uh, Darius Slay is definitely a, a top coverage corner, a, a number one corner. He may not be a shutdown corner anymore. There's only a, a handful of those in the league this year. And Darius Slay may not be the person who could shadow the number one receiver all game and at the end of it, you you look at it and go, where was that receiver all game? He's not Stephon Gilmore. He's not Jalen Ramsey. He just hasn't been that this year. But is Darius Slay a top-tier corner in this league? Absolutely. Yep. It should should quarterbacks be rarely of throwing to Darius Slay's side? Absolutely. So it's not it's not nothing, but it's not everything. You don't you're not gonna look at these past three games and say Darius Slay doesn't have it anymore. That's definitely not it. But there's something to be there. And I think the something there is realizing that Darius Slay is a number one corner, but don't rely on him to be a lockdown, shutdown corner, because that's just not what he is this season. That's not what he's presented it to be. So it's something. Josh, it's something. nothing, nothing. Woo, you know what I'm trying to say. Josh, tell me what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, look, JJ hit it pretty well, but I, I think it's a big old pile of something, because you, I can't give it in everything. I'm close to everything, but it's a big old pile of something, because for years and years, the Eagles – haven't had that shut corner and, and not that every team has a shutdown corner but it seems in my short time I've never seen them have that shutdown corner every time it plays the Eagles you know that number one wide receiver is going to eat when Howie Roseman went out and made his only 
only good move of the last couple of years, pretty much, and traded a third and a fifth for Darius Slay, I could have been more excited. I thought we got a shutdown corner. And going against the Rams, I said, all right, let's see if big play Slay can go, go pound for pound with Jalen Ramsey. And I know it's hard to put them right next to each other and judge it that way, but it's so clear that Jalen Ramsey is in a league of his own and Darius Slay's not in it. So to me, that's not the guy. And JJ, you're so quick to say that's not who he is this year, but that's who we signed up for. And let me just throw out something just to, you know, ruffle little feathers with anyone who still likes Howie Roseman. And the pick that uh, the Eagles traded away, the pick that the Eagles traded away, Julian Blackman. All right. Hello. Hello. Not that that Howie was going to draft Julian Blackman. I just think the fact that the pick that you traded away to get Darius Slay turned into Julian Blackman, who has quickly, I know it might not be that way, but he's quickly become my favorite defensive rookie of the year. I don't think he's going to win it. He's quickly become my favorite. And I just think that just uh, it adds a little something to the conversation. And I think it's a big thing of something teetering on everything if he can't get his act together. But, I mean, Josh, is that is that who Howie intended to get? Is a, a shutdown, absolutely lockdown corner? Or did he just want a number one corner for this defense? The defense didn't have a number one corner. Like, look, look you, you, Ronald Darby is gone. Are you good over there? Ronald Darby is gone. And, and you're looking at a, a, a cornerback trio with Avante Maddox really is, is the only return to starter. Jalen Mills moved back to safety. So he just wanted a, a number one over Lyle corner. Did he trade for a shutdown corner, though? There's only a couple of shutdowns in the league. Only a couple of them. So, Max, something, nothing, or everything. Um, That's a great answer. I'm going to say it's nothing. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to say that, but I am going to say that because of how good he was all year and – like, let's be honest, Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is literally going to go down as like the best corner of our generation, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if it's if it's necessarily fair to like expect that from Slay, especially after he's already been in the league for eight years. And he also has a much worse team around him in terms of offense and defense, right? Like, I, I think defense is, especially so in defense, it's a lot easier to be a dominant defense when you're a good team. Bad teams just don't have good defense. Right, because they're always at a disadvantage, dis- disadvantageous position. Oh my goodness, none of us can speak tonight. So right. I think that it really, really helps that the Rams have you know an amazing three-headed you know power running game, and they can work play action off it so well. They're very efficient as an offense. Usually, they're able to get you know at least a small lead, and even a small lead can really alter the way the game has to play out from the other side, especially as things move on down the stretch. On the other hand, of things I don't want to take anything away from Jalen Ramsey. He's legitimately the best cornerback in the league. And yeah, you want your number one cornerback to be Jalen Ramsey because he is the standard, right? But on the other hand, like I didn't think that we were getting Jalen, you know, a, a, a true lockdown, shutdown. Nobody gets yards on Darius Slay anymore, Darius Slay. That was a couple of years ago. We had that that season. I think it was like 2015 or 16 where he had, you know, like eight interceptions and eight, was eight first interceptions, team all pro. Yeah. And you know, he was totally dominant. And I just, you know, we're, we're past that point. That was three, four years ago already. Cornerback is damn near impossible to play at an all pro level consistently year in and year out. And I think that just because Darius Slay is maybe now one of like the top 15 corners in the league, as opposed to a top five corner in the league, I don't think that we should all of a sudden be like, you know, it, it is a little bit worrying that he's getting cooked by DK Metcalf and you know, Devontae Adams. Like, oh my God, who isn't getting cooked by DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams this year other than Jalen Ramsey? So, so I mean, I, I could buy, I would make the argument here that he's getting cooked worse than the average cornerback one on another team. And then to, to go further, what really bothered me about this game more than the last game is how he took accountability for it. He said all the right things, and he turned around and laid a goose egg against the wide receiver he's very familiar with. 
I was yeah, expecting very he's getting familiar with getting dominated by, and he also wasn't on Devontae Adams all game. He didn't shadow him. At least so in the second half, he wasldn't I'm, I'm well, well, I mean, you couldn't shadow him after after some point. He got help, help. Like, you can't shadow him anymore. Well, I'm, I'm saying in the second half, he wasn't even on lining up on Devontae Adams is what I'm getting. Yeah. Me, personally, I'm going to say it's everything. Um, Take it there. And why I say it's everything is because we saw Darius Slay do these shutdown corner things under Matt Patricia. Right? Defensive so, coach. So – I don't care if he's a defensive coach or not. That pencil. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. So that pencil in your ear being from the Belichick coaching crew can only take you so far. Darius Slay was a shutdown corner under Matthew Patricia on his own laurels, on his own merit. So what that tells me is the guy that's telling him what to do has made him worse. So that's why I say it's everything. And another reason why I think Jim Schwartz should not have a job in this league. And I've been saying that for so long. It's, it doesn't make sense to me. You ruined Ronald Darby. He went somewhere else and is, and, and is succeeding. You ruined Sidney Jones. He went out, he went somewhere else and turning into a serviceable player. All of these players that Schwartz had his hands on go somewhere else and succeed. And you bring in Darius Slay, who was widely regarded as one of the three best cornerbacks in the league. And I say three best cornerbacks in the league as there was a wide jump between number four. And he comes back down to earth and is in the top 15. I mean, come on, dude. Like, it's, it doesn't take he was a top three. He was, uh, he was not one. top three coming he into this. Top three. One, he wasn't top three. Two, two, Jim Schwartz over the past two or three games, he's been turning in some okay games. He's yeah. at, he's at, his t- his yeah. defense is at least showing up and making plays. Yes, now, Green, g- leave Green, Max, fix your face. Leave, leave, leave Green Bay aside. But the two games before that, we we even on this show talked about like, oh, Jim Schwartz had a perfect game. He wasn't part of that. Me, we, me. Us three. Us three did. You didn't give any Schwartz any props. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, won't, I won't say that you did. You didn't. Not part of that. So we're going to move on to our second something, nothing, or everything. Ooh, this one's uh, this one's a little bit dicey. And we talked about the inability to stick with the run game a little bit earlier. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to tell me whether it's something, nothing, or everything. Miles Sanders, 10 carries for 31 yards. Jordan Harry, Jordan Howard, 4 carries for 19 yards. Max, something, nothing, or everything. Uh, I'm going to say this is nothing because – I would have been worried about this if Jordan Howard had you know much more touches because when we signed Jordan Howard to the practice squad this week going to Lambeau after he went absolutely berserk there last year three touch three total touchdowns hundred yard rushing game he he like he didn't carry us to that win but he was the biggest reason for the Eagles right, winning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to say fully carried. He didn't he didn't do it all. Wentz was good that game. We had a good game plan. We got a couple stops when it mattered. But Jordan Howard was like, that's easily going to be the best game in, in Jordan Howard's late stage of his career because he's just mm-hmm. never going to get that opportunity again. So what I'm getting at is I don't think it's nothing because, A, we've seen Doug's you know willingness to just not give Miles Sanders the ball regardless of opponent or week or matchup or whatever. And then, B, I'm going to continue on with my nothing path because if it be something, Jordan Howard would have gotten way more carries than four. So whatever – it's it's done. This team this team has you know an adverse to running the ball as is. Why am I surprised if they're only running the ball when they're dead on offense and you know trailing by multiple scores, eighty percent of the game. So uh, a gentleman in our comments named John Grant agrees with me uh, that Jim Shorts 
is the reason our secondary is bad. You turn Darius Slay into a middle-of-the-road cornerback. Yeah. I don't know how you do that. It takes talent to do that. So if you want to – We've seen the Eagles ruin corners before, not just Jim Schwartz. You remember a guy, Namdi Asamoah? Oh, that's what it feels like. Brutal. Brutal. Which you brought it out. Not, Namdi was as bad as it gets. We bought a guy, we bought you know a guy what? for 60 million who was the best zone corner in like in league history by six Texas. They're like, hey, press man, every play. Every play. Even I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying. You're just reading the comments. You know what I mean? So, John, you're a smart man. I like you. We should drive a beer sometime whenever all this is over. But, Josh, something, nothing, everything. Tell me. I think it's also nothing. I think this is nothing. And I like Max's argument. Now, Max's argument, I was following it not totally. It was about – you were talking about how the offense affected the defense. This, this to me, I feel like this is the offense affecting the offense. Like, the fact that this offense can't get its footing – like that's to me, that's the exact reason why Miles Sanders had such a poor game. And he started off with the feet of a couple good runs and right from the get go. And that was it. Now, part of that might be because of Doug. I just feel when your offense is reeling and you put up three points, how are you supposed to do any better in the run? Yeah, that's I agree. Yeah, I wasn't trying to blame a, a specific you know defense or offense or anything. It's just it's a simple matter of game script. The the offense, the Eagles offense as a whole was just dead it, it well Sanders wasn't doing anything really that you know obviously we could tell that there wasn't anything happening in the passing game they, they were not moving the ball they you know like we said our only score in the first half came from a 52 yard field goal that's it's not a very efficient first half so I'm saying that I'm not surprised that the running backs had 14 total carries because yeah you know there wasn't really the opportunity that's all mm-hmm. yeah yeah no I, I'm going off of that and I'm taking it even a step further and saying you know it's it's you need to establish a running game to get a good play action game going. Well, you also need to pass the ball to be able to show a little more in the run game. So that, that's what I'm saying. They came out and they ran the ball decently once or twice, and the Packers wised up. Mike Penn, a, a CB West alumni of there we go, um, local local man, had to shout him out. Anyways, Mike Penn, being a smart man like he is, he wised up and said, "Look." They're going to run the ball. Let Wentz throw on us all day. It's nothing. I really love Miles Sanders. I am as high as it gets on Miles Sanders. I'm not going to go as far as saying he's the best uh, running back from Penn State. But if we get another year with him, I think we might start have, uh, Josh, having Josh, a conversation. Josh, Josh, Josh. <laughs> before you smash into the wall, but you, but Max, you took my, you took my point. That's why it's nothing for me. People want to. I've I've been culprit of this on this show of saying Miles Sanders needs the ball more. Miles Sanders needs to touch him more. Why do they go away from Miles Sanders? Well, there's two reasons. One, you guys both hit on it. You're supposed to run the football when you're down 17 points. You you don't run the football anymore. You're right, Josh. You ran the football effectively for a couple of times to try to open up your passing game. And then what do defensive coordinators do? Oh yeah, they can run the ball well, but they can't throw the ball well. So let's stop the run and make Carson Wentz try to beat us. And it never happens. It never happens. So that's what happened in the Packers game. Touches start to decline because the gap gets bigger. You make that that gap by throwing the ball. Two, Miles Sanders, when when Miles Sanders has gotten the ball, we've seen drop passes. He leads, I'm pretty sure he's among the league leaders and running backs in drop passes. And we've seen bad fumbles at bad times. We've seen Miles Sanders give up the ball when he gets those touches. You don't you don't give up the ball and then just keep getting more and more touches as a second year running back. That's not how this works. You know what happens? 
when a, when a good running back, serviceable running back who's been good for us at Lambeau in the past becomes available, we sign him to the practice squad, and he comes and takes some touches from you because you drop the ball and you fumble the ball. That's what's happening with Miles Sanders. So it's nothing to me because, Miles, if you want the ball more, hold on to the ball more. I, you know what I mean? That's uh, something or, or everything. I'm going to let you guys decide. Uh, we touched on uh, one of these something or something nothings or everything's a little bit earlier in the show. So skip on to one that gets my blood boiling. One that really has me all jazzed up. The report came out. The Phillies are opening to are open to Dion. Oh, Zach Wheeler, the man that they just gave a big old payday. I don't Tell know him why. why. Tell him I why. Tell him why. Because of a financial crunch. That, like that made me put a fist through the wall when I saw. Financially, I'm just I'm literally just hearing about that. I didn't know that was the reason behind That's it. That's the reason because we're in a financial crunch. I didn't know that. I literally didn't know that. A billionaire is talking about cash flow problems. Well, we're sitting. Well, you know what? No, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna go first because this is my live reaction. That's a huge red flag. That is everything. a huge, huge, huge red flag. Everything. I am. That is. That is everything and a half. This worries the hell out of me as a fan because this move, this move is just so uh, such a clear indication that you're you're in it as an investment and not as a venture to actively try and win a championship. And I understand that that's your right and your prerogative as the owner of said entity, but that is never going to sit well with me as a fan, regardless if I actively root for that team or not. So everything for me. John, you done. It's very frustrating to hear. Very frustrating. John, hit it, baby. Oh, John. I think this this is a resounding everything. Yeah. Um, because we're watching we're watching a Phillies team that for the past two seasons were were supposed to be promising going into the season, and for different reasons each time. You know, the past two or three seasons have been one of the more disappointing teams, not just in baseball, but like really up in sports, man. You talk about where they're supposed to finish and where they do. It's just it's disappointing isn't even the word. And to come across and see this, like, why are we about to deal our number two pitcher, one of our only successful pitchers of last year? And then you see as to why is because the team that shouldn't be a top four market in the MLB in a sport with no salary cap is in a financial crunch. How are we managing this? How are we managing a financial crunch? Why did we just give $330 million to somebody two years ago? If we're in a financial crunch, why did we go and spend stupid money last offseason? Why are we now in a financial crunch? How did we get here? They said the word stupid money. You're right. They literally said the word stupid Stupid money. money. And now you're in a financial crunch. Look, I got got one thing. Look, they better be spending every penny that they save from Zach Wheeler on getting Theo Epstein here. And just turning the ship around because there, there looks to be there, there's nothing there's no solution here. I'll do it for twenty seven dollars a day. Here's your financial crunch. I'll do it. I'll do it better for twenty seven dollars to help. This guy. I'll give you twenty six fifty a day. Shoot. I'll do twenty five. This man, me, me is gonna keep Zach Wheeler. I'll do it twenty six. You know what? Friends and family discount because you're down south broad. Twenty five dollars a day. My final offer, John. You know where to reach me, big guy. I'm That's upset. crazy. That's so crazy. I'm upset. This guy. Brutal. If, um, if you're if you're citing financial reasons in a in a sport without a salary cap, that is just that's a train wreck, dude. That is a train. And you're wreck. a billionaire. Billion. You know how much a billion dollars is? How you spend all of that? 
right. That's three Bryce Harpers. That's three Bryce Harpers. <laughs> if we got a ta- if, we're, if we're going into tap outs, I I think I got one that'll that'll, that'll parlay right into it. Josh, let me let me do my job here, guy. I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry. I got excited. All right, we're gonna move into tap outs right now. If that's okay with Josh. We'll that. Um, Josh, you know what? Tap us out. I guess if that's if that's what you want to do. Oh you yeah. One. Yeah, because I got one. It's in it, and oh, and it's right on the same topic. While we're speaking about millionaires, while we're speaking about the Phillies, why don't we go over to everyone's favorite millionaire? And I didn't want to be the Bryce Harper hater on the show. Well, oh well, I guess it's I guess that's me now. All right, all right. No, I'm not going to be careful at all because one Bryce Harper had a very tumultuous week on the social media, folks. I don't know if you guys caught it, but Bryce Harper was imploring people to donate to a QAnon charity. Now, Uh-oh. oh yeah, Uh-oh. oh yeah, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh is right, and and with everything that has gone on in, in recent history, I I know I've always known that me and Bryce Harper could not be more different, pretty much, and that's okay. The guy's a very religious man. He likes his muscle cars. He likes he you know whatever. That's okay. This this is not okay. And we talk about John Middleton and, and his tone deafness about saying he's in a financial crunch right now. There's nothing more tone deaf than Bryce Harper imploring his followers to donate to some QAnon charity. Now, listen, I didn't look into what this exact charity is, but don't it's not to. good. Yeah, thank you. You don't need to. And, and, and now, look, it's not on the same level, but I also saw him comment on, on a Barstool Sports post saying, let's get the Barstool logo on the Phillies. Like, What? It's just everything I see from this guy recently has just been the exact op- – like, and, and I, I was so happy he came here. Philadelphia cannot get stars like that. And in these, this last week, I've had to take a little bit of a step back and say, man, oh, man, this is the guy. This is the face, and he's saying stuff like that. He's posting stuff like that in a time like this. Boy, oh, boy, I every single day I'm souring more and more on Bryce Harper. And I, I, I tell you, gentlemen – and. Max labeled me as the Bryce Harper hater. I really didn't want to be that guy. I love Bryce Harper when he came. This is me. justified. You're not going to hear. Yeah, anything no, this is bad. This is bad. I look. know this. I'm yeah. just. This is my tap out. I am pissed off because I want to love him with my whole heart, and I don't know if I can anymore. That's my tap out. Bryce, get it together. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go last because I have something short and simple and relevant. So I'll go okay. next. All right. Oh, not, not relevant like that. The holiday and Christmas season is upon us. Me and my uh, my cousins do a secret Santa. I got my gift early. I, I'm mad that they set the precedent for the gift coming this early because I, I was banking on that December 25th deadline. But hey, guess, guess I gotta guess I gotta start a little early. But I was given this. This is a I don't know if you guys can see it. Kobe oh, Bryant, yeah. Mamba mentality. Ooh. Oh man, I, I didn't, it doesn't it wasn't even revealed who my secret Santa is yet, but like this cousin knows me. This cousin knows me more than any other cousin knows me because I'm not like the biggest reader. Admittedly, I want to get more into reading. This is a great place to start right here. Like we were at the big, this year, this awful year kicked off with the passing of this, this absolutely brilliant man of Kobe Bryant. Now I get to read all about his life, how he overcame his battles, his inspiration. And I really can't wait wait, uh, to dive into this. I got it yesterday. So I'm going to start the morning reads tomorrow, but uh, I'll, I'll give you updates to come on Kobe Bryant, the mama mentality of forward by not only Phil Jackson, Pal Gasol. I mean, there's so many testimonies in here. I can't wait to read it. So excited. Love it. Love it. Um, I'll make mine real quick. Um, I've had the pleasure of working closely with uh, former flyer enforcer Riley Cote and uh, former flyer equipment manager Derek Nasty Settlemeyer. Um, so we are set to release 
Uh, new podcast next week coming next Monday. It's called Nasty Knuckles. Let's get it. It's, it's, guys, it's these guys sitting down. Um, and, uh, uh, you know what? Screw it. I'll break the news here. The first guest is our very own uh, former Philadelphia uh, Flyers power forward, Scott Hartnell. Uh, so the oh, nice. These guys are going to be sitting down, breaking down uh, just, just what life is and, and just telling insanely funny stories um, just, just from their professional careers and lives. And, uh, it's good stuff, man. Like I, I laughed as hard the tenth time through the footage as I did on set. Um, so check it out next Monday. It's going to be coming the first episode, and then uh, every Monday from there on out. So check it out, Nasty Knuckles Podcast. Uh, you can find it on all social media platforms, and uh, check it out, man. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good. Congrats, man. Appreciate you, Maximilian. So I don't want to sound like a diva for asking to go last because this isn't nearly as relevant as you guys reacted to it. <laughs> but your final from Pittsburgh. Woo! Oh, frauds! So now the Giants, for one day, had the most impressive win by an NFC East team this year. The Washington football team snatched that crown. Heavy is the head. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Wow! Look at that Washington football team. Good for them, man. That's a that's a big statement win. Can someone tell me how many times the Steelers have yet to play the? Have the Steelers played the Browns yet? Off top of the head. Yeah, week one. They smacked them week one. Week one. Okay, so I got one more game. I'm about to say, man, if the Browns get two late ones, man. That would have been nice, but, yeah, good good for them, man. I'll say this. On this note, it definitely seems clear that the, the, the either, you know, the, the Giants or the WFT will be representing the NFC East in the playoffs, and I just want to say I'm glad it'll be one of the two teams with a competent defense, like a consistently – competent defense yeah. that's not as good as you can ask hey, for hey, hey it's rare it's it's very very unrealistic any team goes 16 and 0 and most of the time your one loss comes like that yeah off week you play five yeah, three, right now. Five day, you're Worst playing team. washington yeah like it, it, most of the time that's your loss statement well, loss for the steelers i'll say yeah. get it out the way get it out the way this was our episode um we'll be back at you you know when you know where you know who but as always, we are brought to you by Mind in Philly, where something is always new. Everything's always Philly. Everything's always Philly. Great week, Phil. Uh, you don't celebrate, but get, get out there and try, all right? Peace. Peace.